Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. Last episode of 2023, I think is also, is it 599? Are we there? 598, I think. No, 598, I think was the last episode. This is 599. This is 599. So first episode of 2024 is going to be the 600th episode of the Just Baseball Show. Amazing. Amazing. Doing. Come on. Uh, GM episode for the Yankees and the Minnesota Twins. I also saw an interesting report that I want to run by you and just kind of gauge the value of this guy compared to who he's measuring himself against. But Jack and Peter on the Just Baseball Show, very excited to walk through Peter's Yankees. And the Twins was an interesting one because we're trying to improve the team while also cutting cost. They were about 10 million shy of where they were at last year, um, and they're trying to get cheaper. They are one of the two teams with Texas that lost the Bally telecast coming into 2024, and that's going to hurt them financially. So we got to kind of adjust all that and and try and knock the salary down. But before all that, Peter, who are we brought to you by? 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, ladies and gentlemen. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JUSTBASEBALL. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. And if that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years old and older. Terms and conditions apply. And if you are watching this episode on YouTube, hit that big red subscribe button, hit the like button, and comment some of the crazy things that we're about to discuss, the Minnesota Twins and the New York Yankees. Jack, I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to get into it too. I saw Jim Bowden on CBS Sports HQ talk about Josh Hader. Mm. And Jim Bowden mentioned that Josh Hader wants... More money. He wants a bigger deal than the one Edwin Diaz signed last year, which was five for $102 million. He noted some suitors. I think the suitors that he mentioned were the Yankees, the Rangers, who I feel like have been the front runner the entire time. And somehow the Dodgers still have more capital that they can dish out. Like, we got to stop doing this. I Did you listen to the episode yesterday? I Aram and I just kind of like ate shit. It's like, yeah, we tried not to be boring, but in reality, the Dodgers get the free agents. Yeah, I, I it was cool. I was right on the contract, um, but I was wrong on the team. And I think a lot of us were. And what we've always tried to do here at the Just Baseball Show is give you different paths, different teams who we think can make sense right? We're not counting a record. We're not trying to be perfectly right. If we were, we would sign all the free agents to the Dodgers. But while we did assume the Dodgers were going to be the front runners, and we did mention them, we wanted to place them on different teams, be a little bit different. And sometimes when we're a little bit different, we look like idiots. And then sometimes when we're a little bit different, we nail it, right? So there's the back and forth there. But Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a Dodger. Shohei Otani is a Dodger. Tyler Glassnow was a Dodger. If we said that on the show, it'd be a little bit boring. We'd be right. Wouldn't be as good. Wouldn't be as fun. Call me crazy, but I don't think Josh Hader's a Los Angeles Dodger. I think he goes somewhere else. Yeah, um, I, don't, I hope he I, goes somewhere else. <laughs> I don't think he's game. a Dodger, partly because the Dodgers actually needed starting pitching going into the year. So getting Yamamoto getting Tyler Glass now makes sense. The relief pitching has been fantastic. Now, they did trade Victor Gonzalez to the Yankees. Yeah, but, but like they've got Phillips signing... and Gratterall. Like, they have exactly. so many guys that they throw out at you. It's overwhelming. So I don't think the Dodgers need Josh Hader. Again, call me crazy. Um, I want to ask you before we talk about, like, best fit for this guy. Do you think that's a fair ask for Hader or no? bigger deal than Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz signed the deal a year younger than Hader is right now. Hader has more years of being a top three reliever in baseball under his belt than Diaz did. But what Hader doesn't have is 101 and the craziest slider you've ever seen. Those two pitches from Edwin Diaz in a vacuum are better than anything that has come out of Josh Hader's left hand. Having said that, Hader has track record in a position that track record does not exist, quite frankly. So you're paying for a unicorn in a different way. I'm very hesitant to do that. I think that Diaz, at time of hitting the open market, was a more valuable reliever. How much has the market changed in the last 365 days? I don't know. 
But if gun to my head, if I lose, punch me in the face, like any cliche we can throw out. If you asked me who deserves a bigger deal, I say Edwin Diaz and I don't lose sleep over it. Do you agree or disagree? I agree with that point. If I had to choose, who would I rather have? Edwin Diaz or Josh Hader? But at the same time, a guy who has never thrown a baseball in Major League Baseball just signed for over $300 million. Yeah. The market continues to change. Yeah. And what I will say is if you weren't going to give it to Edwin Diaz, what closer would you give it to? Now, you could throw out a couple of names, right? Would you give it to Felix Bautista even though he has an arm injury? Or would you give it to a guy who had a great year last year? Sure, right? We can come up with some names who you might think right now are a little bit better than Josh Hader. But what Josh Hader has proved and what you talked about is the track record. He has been one of the most dominant closers in Major League Baseball for the last half decade. What does that guy deserve? Well, as the market evolves, right? 365 days ago, the starting pitching market wasn't what it is now. Josh Hader may not be as good as Edwin Diaz, but as the market evolves, $105 million could very well be in his future. And I think there's an obvious team that he should go to. And it's the Dodgers. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> maybe. But I really do think that the Texas Rangers are a perfect fit here. Right? Their yeah. one issue was their bullpen. There's not a lot of issues because they just won the World Series. But when we went into the later innings with them, what was the reason we thought the Diamondbacks could hang in it? It was their bullpen, right? And they didn't have the greatest bullpen in the world. And the Rangers just outhit everybody. And they got such great contributions from Nathan Eovaldi and Jordan Montgomery. But Jordan Montgomery is gone now. So it may be time, if they are cutting cost, to not re-sign Jordan Montgomery, but put all of that money in the bullpen, right? You can move Jose LeClerc down. And then you have a dominant closer. Because what has been Josh Hader's kind of bugaboo, right? It's not getting enough rest, and it's pitching multiple innings. Well, he wouldn't have to do that with the Texas Rangers because no. they have enough depth in the back end. So I think a team like the Rangers makes a lot of sense for a guy like Josh Hader, right? You're seeing yes. the Dodgers. You're seeing other teams kind of come up on you. And the American League is relatively wide open right now. The Texas Rangers... Get that stamp of approval in the bullpen with Josh Hader. Of course, they're one of the World Series favorites yet again. Yeah. So one more thing, just comparative exercise between Josh Hader and Craig Kimbrell. Because I think Hader and Kimbrell are in very similar spots where Hader is not a Hall of Famer, but we can look at Hader and clearly say this guy is on a Cooperstown track. If he does this for five more years, he's probably a Hall of Fame closer. Craig Kimbrell, after his age 29 season, we were like already penciling in to Cooperstown. This guy was a Hall of Fame closer. Through their age 29 season, Hader just finished up his age 29 season. Josh Hader in 380 innings has a 2-5 ERA, a whip at .94, 15 Ks per nine and 3.6 walks per nine. So the big numbers that I want you to remember are a 2.5 ERA, 15 Ks per nine, and a .94 whip. Craig Kimbrell through his age 29 season in 470 innings, so 90 more innings than Hater, 80 more innings than Hater, 
had a 1.8 ERA. His whip was 0.91, 15 Ks per nine. Very, very similar. Kimbrell threw more. He got off to an earlier start as a full-time closer. Okay. But since his age 29 season, I'm going to do this real quick. Since Craig Kimbrell's age 29 season, taking us through this 3-2 ERA that he had with Philly this past year, Craig Kimbrell has a 3-4 ERA in 287 innings, a 1-1-2 whip, went down 2 Ks per nine from 15 to 13, went up a walk per nine, and the FIP is at 3-6. Kimbrell's step back came when he turned 30. He was good with Boston. He was good with Chicago, but he wasn't Craig Kimbrell. So I just wonder if you're paying for Hater when he's not Josh Hater. He's not the Milwaukee Brewers Hater game's over. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't pay him, right? Like, I don't think that's the point of our conversation. I would never pay a reliever $100 million. Yeah. But would the market? Yeah. I guess you have because to. When Edwin Diaz signed that $102.5 million deal, I was actually at a Jets game with some of my friends, a lot of Mets fans, and they were over the moon, so excited. And I'm thinking to myself, are you guys serious? And all they're talking about, Steve Cohen's money. It's not our money. And I'm like, okay, I understand. And then, of course, he goes down with the torn ACL in the World Baseball Classic. Can't project that, obviously. But things happen to these guys. What I do know about Josh Hader is he is probably the most dominant closer that we have in our game over the last five years to Edwin Diaz, right? And in the postseason, 19 and two-thirds innings, 33 punch-outs, a 1-3-7 ERA. So he's postseason proven. Yep. He's regular season proven. And he's still disgusting, right? We didn't see a drop-off in stuff last year. He's still pumping 96 at the top of the zone. And what a team could go to bed at night thinking to themselves, we have arguably the most dominant closer in Major League Baseball. The ninth inning, once we get there, it's over. Now, what's that worth? Edwin Diaz set the market. So for Josh Hader to come out and say, I want more than that? We've talked about this. Talked about the quarterbacks. I remember, uh, I think it was the last episode, Arms talking about Xavier Howard in the NFL, right? He's not the best corner in the NFL, but when it's your time to set the market, that's what these guys do. So I think Josh Hader probably gets 105, maybe even 110. And then the next reliever to come across, we're going to have the same conversation. We're going to be sitting here on episode 800 and thinking to ourselves, does this guy really deserve 115? Probably, because that's just the market and it keeps evolving and we keep thinking that it should be less and less and less, when in reality, it's more and more and more. So I'm going to go a step further. I'd be surprised if he gets under Edwin Diaz's contract. Crazy. I agree with you. I think that he is the new market setter. I'm also trying to pinpoint, like, who's the next guy that's going to reset this market? Who's going to be better? It's not mm-hmm. Devin Williams, because Devin's already 29. Like, he and Hayter were sneaky the same age. Could it be Alexis Diaz with the Reds? Could. Uh, I went to Yohan Duran. Duran will hit the market when he's 28, 29. Yeah, that's a good one. It would, And it's not Class A because I think he already signed that extension. He signed a, a little extension, but even then we saw a step back. Like Duran, I don't know how that guy takes a step back. If he's healthy, I don't, 
I don't know what a step back looks like. He could go. He could go from 104 to 101. Oh yeah. No, Chapman's problem was the 100 marker, right? When he was 101, it was good night, and then when he was 97, it was ah, we're screwed. Four earned in a third of an inning. <laughs> so ass. <laughs> so ass. All right. Speaking of Yohan Duran, let's do the Minnesota Twins here. First of two in our GM episode. Uh, this is. Again, last one of 2023. We've got the Twins and then the Yankees. And let's start with the Minnesota Twins, who we need to make abundantly clear are not looking to spend money. We're not going to sign free agents to Minnesota. They already have a good team. They already won the American League Central last year. But their payroll last year was at $156 million, which was a club record. And their lead execs have said that number needs to go down, especially with losing the RSN that I mentioned in the open. This year's estimate, as it stands right now, according to SpotTrack, when you factor in arbitration estimates and pre-arb estimates, is 146.5. So they're down $10 million right now. I think we can get them down 20 more million dollars. So let's do it. Let's do it. This is going to be fun. Yeah, the transaction so far. I, I do think it's important to note that they exercise two club options. Max Kepler at 10. Jorge Polanco at 10 and a half. So that's $20.5 million that they exercise to get these guys back. That's trade bait, if I've ever seen it. They also signed Josh Stalmont to one year, $950,000. Cool. That's a guy that threw 102 miles an hour two years ago that is still pumping in the high 90s and, you know, will, will be your sixth inning guy, which they're fine with. Not a bad signing. Not a bad sign. I saw that. I was like, that's really cheap for a guy with some upside. I didn't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, Their catching situation right now, let's go position by position, is Ryan Jeffers and Christian Vasquez. What do you got to say about it? I say, can we trade some of them? Probably not. I mean, Ryan Jeffers was objectively good last year. It's like 490, 369 OBP. He's objectively good last year. Do I love him? Not particularly. Bit of a platoon. But he's still still got a bat in there. I will say I am fine with him being the starting catcher. Yeah, I think it's fine. Fine with it. Yeah. Um, the backup, I, I do want to change at some point, but we'll circle back to that. First base, Alex Kirilov, Jose Miranda is kind of the backup plan. I think it's good. You just roll with Kirilov every day. Definitely roll with Kirilov. Second base is awesome. Julian, Jorge Polanco, the other DHs, Austin Martin as the backup. Martin had a bounce back year in AAA. The slug is limited, but he did enough to prove that he may still have some, not prospect value, but some big league role player value, which is going to be good. Shortstop, Carlos Correa, the big money guy, Kyle Farmer is his backup. Brooks Lee waiting in the wings. Third base, Royce Lewis makes that move from short to third. And then you got Farmer and Junior Severino, who I think had 37 bombs this year in the minor leagues, as the minor league option. So what I want to do right now is I want to move Christian Vasquez, who's making $10 million this year and $10 million in 2025. But before we do that, I have to ask like the yes or no question. Is he movable or is he an immovable object because of that horrible contract? He's pretty immovable. You're almost going to get nothing for him. You're probably going to have to eat half of that 10 and basically kind of get nobody. 
but you are removing $5 million off the payroll. If you eat half, we're eating into it. You're not going to get really anything, but you're removing $5 million. And $5 million is $5 million. Like we talk about that, but when we're lowering this, that can be impactful. Yes. Um, I, I do think it's important to run through the starting rotation before I move Christian Vasquez because I think that'll showcase a need. Yep. As of right now, their opening day starting rotation is Pablo Lopez, ace. We're good with yep. it. Joe Ryan is the two, good with it. Ober is the three, good with it. They're not yep. adding marquee free agent. That top three you feel comfortable with moving into the season. Chris Paddock off of injury, I feel decent about. He looked great at the end of the year. Right. And the five options are where I wonder if we can improve. And those options right now are Louis Varland, Matt Cantorino, Brent Hedrick, Simeon Woods Richardson. So I want to go get Minnesota a five and change out one of these $10 million players for a five starter. And I'm going to get sexier and sexier as we move up. You don't want to roll with Louis Varland? I like Louis Varland. He's got good stuff. He's just kind of all over the place. Like he's a guy that, you know, when you're going deep in, you know, fantasy baseball or you're going deep into the stuff plus numbers, he's got a couple pitches that you want to latch on to as a Minnesota Twins fan and as the Twins organization. He can be nasty. He's just, like I said, a little all over the place, but he does have strikeout stuff. If we can move money off the books and it's better to get a five starter in this sense, definitely willing to hear it, but I don't want to just discount Louis Varland because I think he can be a valuable five starter. I think he has more upside than that too. So my my only worry about Varland is at points he feels like he's a little too in the zone and he gets pounded a bit. Opponents slumped five hundred against him, which in turn resulted in in eight hundred OPS against. Like I don't want opponents OPSing eight hundred against my five starter. To be fair. He's 26 years old, and he has good stuff, right? Let's see how he develops. This is a five-starter, right? For me, when I'm looking at five-starters, I prefer to gamble. Because like you said, you have Simeon Woods-Richardson. You have some guys in the pipeline who could come up and make spot starts, or you can go bullpen game. I think a gamble on Varland is worth it to at least see what you have. But I, I like I said, I'm interested in hearing how we can move money off the books and maybe go get a five-star because is signing one of these 33-year-old right-handers who maybe give them 130 innings at a mid to high four ZRA better? I don't think so. I'd rather gamble with Varland. I, I will also say Varland had, and granted it was a small sample, he made 10 starts last year. He had a five and a half ERA in 10 starts. He was punching out a hitter per inning and opponents hit 270 against him. They slashed 270, 321, 527 against him as a starter. Opponents hit 250 against him as a reliever. He made seven relief appearances spanning 12 innings, 17 punch outs, one walk, and just two earned runs. Six hits in 12 innings. So he was good as a reliever. If you can move Varlin to the sixth or make him a swingman, I think that's best case scenario. Now, moving Vasquez, I think we create five-starter competition for Varland. Simeon Woods-Richardson got bombed in AAA last year. It was not a good look. They need pitching depth. And this might be a AAA arm that I'm doing this for. But like you mentioned it, if you move Vasquez, and even if you eat half the money, you're still getting next to nothing. So a guy that has fell out of the Cubs plans entirely is Caleb Killian. 
Christian Vasquez for Caleb Killian is the least sexy thing ever. And don't turn off the podcast because it's going to get sexier. But you've got Killian who still can run it up to 98 miles an hour, will sit in the mid-90s, has a five-pitch mix. He just seems timid at points. He might need a change of scenery. The Cubs catching situation is Jan Gomes as the starter, Miguel Amaya as the backup, and Jorge Alfaro as a minor league free agent. Christian Vasquez makes that better. Yeah, he does make that better. But I'm wondering if the Cubs would even want to do that. Like, would they want to take on Christian Vasquez and give at five a year on a arm like you said who still has some upside i just don't even think the cubs would do that that's what we're doing here we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel on a relatively unmovable contract so so let's not do it let's get sexier okay (laughs) polanco or kepler the outfield right now is walner buxton kepler larnick nick gordon willie castor like though they have options um i think kepler is a guy that's easy to place on a bunch of different teams Definitely. I've got a team that I ID'd for Jorge Polanco. Okay. And I want to throw it your way. A certain team in the American League West needs a second baseman, don't they? Yeah, they do. Josh Rojas is the opening day second baseman. Are we sure, Seattle? That is the exact move that I was going to bring to the table for the Twins as well. That's why when you said there's a certain team in the American League West that needs a second baseman, and I gave you a little smile for all those watching on YouTube, I wrote that down. So... Jorge Polanco is owed 10 and a half mil this year. There's a club option at 12. Polanco is like no slouch. That's not a hard eat at $12 million. That guy had a 780 OPS. He was a good player in 2023. And he can play shortstop too. Not that the Mariners need him when they have JP Crawford. But what I'm saying is that this is a shortstop moving over to second base who is a relatively good defender. This is a good player. Yes. How much more do you think they need to throw in other than Emerson Hancock, Seattle. Emerson Hancock? It's kind of a lot. Is that not? Who were you thinking? I was thinking... In 800 I mean, OPS from a guy that plays 100 games a year is valuable. It is valuable, but Emerson Hancock can certainly be valuable as well. But he's kind of the run to the litter. He is kind of the... Because uh, Miller's an overpay, Wu is an overpay. No, you can't give Miller or Wu in a package like that. No. Twins would have to give up another prospect and Polanco in order to get a Miller or a yeah. Wu. I would prefer if I'm the Mariners. Now, the Twins may say, because the Twins, unfortunately, are not in a position of leverage. If we know that they have to get rid of Polanco and Kepler, what do you think the Mariners brass knows? So... If I'm the Mariners, I'm saying it's not going to be Hancock, but we're willing to give you two players. Maybe a pitcher a step below that, maybe a little bit of a younger guy, and then maybe a position player prospect in order to somewhat replicate Jorge Polanco. I just don't think that the Mariners will want to trade Emerson Hancock for me. I think it's a little bit steep. Yeah, I I just think like, I don't know, a a guy in Jorge Polanco that – has an all-star game appearance under his belt. I I just want to run through the numbers in recent years. Jorge Polanco, by the way, sneaky, only 30 years old. Two more years, so you're you're getting his age 30 and 31 season. This past year, 80 games, yes, he was injured, but he had a 790 OPS. 
Year before, 104 games is 750 OPS. Year before that, 152 games and an 830 OPS. So this guy's always hitting. And you mentioned the defensive versatility. Like I, I think we are undervaluing Jorge Polanco a little bit, and we're overvaluing Emerson Hancock a little bit. Because Hancock is not a guy that's going to punch out 11 per nine. No, he's not. Hell, he's not even a guy that's going to have an ERA in the mid threes. Hancock is like kind of your stereotypical five starter. I'm willing to do the trade. I'm just thinking from the Mariners angle. I know that the twins don't have leverage right now. And I'd rather not give up a guy who's 24 years old. Former top ish prospect in order to get Jorge Polanco. Yeah, I just but I can see it where, happening. I just wonder where the spot is for Hancock, especially when Robbie Ray comes back. Like I, I don't He's know. Very expendable for sure. But is Jorge Polanco the right guy? He might be the right guy. I think he is the right guy. You know what? If I'm the Mariners, I would say fine. We'll give you Hancock, but Twins, you got to eat some of that ten to twelve million. Eat three million of it. Two million. That's fair. Three million. That's fine. Send it okay. in. Jorge Polanco for Emerson Hancock. We just did it. Um. Are we moving Kepler now? The Mariners don't really want to spend much money either, right? No. They got Mitch Garver instead of Jorge Soler for a reason. Now, I love the pickup of Mitch Garver, but that's the market that they're going into. So do they want to invest 10 to 12 in Polanco? $7 million for Polanco, that's a lot more palatable. Well, here's the thing, though. Garver plus Polanco is pretty much Soler. <laughs> it's better than Soler. But, you know, like Garver's making 12. Yeah. Polanco, if Polanco makes eight from Seattle, that's 20 that you just gave instead of paying one guy 20 a year. You would pay Soler 20 a year? I mean, dude, he hit, what, 35 homers last year? I was thinking he's going to make 16, 17. Yeah, 16, 17, and 20 are kind of the same fucking thing in this market. Not with the way that we're going through these contracts. We're start, we're talking about cutting three million and how so impactful. We're at thirty six pumps, man. Yeah, but he's a DH. He's not going to play the outfield. Thirty six bombs. He's a DH. Schwarber, Schwarber hits the open market right now. I think Schwarber's making nineteen million dollars this year. How much money does Kyle Schwarber make? Schwarber is a better hitter than Jorge Soler is, and has proven to be healthier and always rocks the enormous OBP. And he's coming off like 46 home runs. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, is Schwarber a two year, $60 million guy? No. Stop. Are you sure? I mean, you know what? Maybe the money right now, maybe. Right. You know what? Sure. Maybe 50 million a year. Why not? I mean, I hate this market. So if I can get Jorge Polanco and Mitch Garver at a combined $20 million a year, I'm fucking doing it if I'm Jerry DePoto. And I think, I think we send this in. So Polanco for Hancock. Right now, DePoto's on his computer right now, putting that into a calculator, being like, that's 54% right there. Going to the trade similar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 50, 540 winning percentage over the next two years for Polanco and Garver. That makes it does. Yeah. Twins eat a little bit of money. They get Emerson Hancock back, who does have some upside. Yeah. Right. He's not chopped liver. No. Right. There's a reason if I'm Jerry DePoto, I'm not eager to give him up, even though I have Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, because he really can never have too much pitching depth. Right. Um, are we trading Kepler? I don't think we need to at this point. I think we totally could. Do you want I think to? Twins outfield is pretty good. I think we could. Yeah, I think okay. it's totally fine. What do you? These guys like Blanco and Kepler. They're not so good that you're really gonna miss them. 
right? I think the Twins are going to miss Sonny Gray over everyone. I agree. Blanco and Kepler, these guys are mid-700 OPS guys. They don't really provide much defensively. They're not shortstops. They're not center fielders. They're not catchers. They're corner outfielders and second basemans. You can find some of these guys. Like Matt Wallner came in last year and was great, right? Is there a big difference between Max Kepler and Matt Wallner? There's not. Maybe. Not much. I think we should still trade Max Kepler and get under this. Okay. Um, who are the right fits for Kepler? Let's play that game, and then we'll we'll ID places where we can improve the Twins. Well, in terms of teams that could use a corner outfielder, you know, it's funny. I, I wrote down the Blue Jays, and then I was like, well, you got Kevin Kiermaier, damn it. Like, that would have been perfect, right? You move Varsho to center and you move Kepler to a corner. That would have been great. He still could do it, I guess. I think they could do it. I think they could do it. As of right now, um, their DH is Danny Jansen. Like, let's just make Jansen a backup catcher. I would still like the Red Sox potentially to be involved, right? You got Willier Abreu as your starting right fielder yeah. as of yeah. this moment. Yeah. I think they would be a good team to do it. Um, I mean, we could make another trade with the Mariners. We could put yeah. Max Kepler and Jorge Blanco in the same deal, right? They're looking at Dominic Canzone and Kay Marlowe in their outfield. I mean, shit, then you get Bryce Miller back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Could we do something like that? Or we could just trade Kepler to the Blue Jays or the Red Sox. I think those are fine pairings. Um I was kind of thinking about the Cubs, but not really. No, they, they're I like, just like I, it's just they have two corners, but like Mike Talkman's their starting center fielder. Like they need a center fielder, yeah. and Kepler's not, but could Hap play center? I don't know. Say I couldn't, but maybe Hap could. No, those are a couple of teams. There's not a there's not a ton of great fits. Let's move Kepler to Boston. I kind of like that fit. I can move Kepler to Boston. Let's go Kepler. Also, I just don't know if they like have any prospects that are big enough to to warrant that trade. What about the Mets? Tyrone Taylor right now is slated as their starting left fielder. Just don't think they want to do it. I don't know. They want to do it. it. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that's a team. I like the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox would be a good fit here. Or we could mega package. For Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. No, I, I want to do two separate trades. That's fine. Okay. Kepler to Boston for not that it's not going to be very expensive. No, not at all. How much is he making again? 10. 10? This is the final year. It's one year at 10. They could flip Dick Fitz. <laughs> They, got they, could flip <laughs> they could also they could you know package a, a guy that is like slightly under Richard Fitz with a guy like David Hamilton to provide some middle infield depth if you feel like Brooks Lee isn't ready, especially because we just moved Polanco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think the Red Sox say the Twins ate a lot of it, or they put in another prospect? What about Nick York? Second baseman. Do you think they want to do that? Not really. But I think we can be strategic if we're the twins and say, what will it take to get Nick York? 
right? It's not like Nick York's coming off that great of a season, right? Double A, 785 OPS. Struck out a lot. It's not like he's this great prospect. Put in Kepler. Maybe eat some, maybe throw in another prospect to get Nick York. That could be something. So my eyes went to Wilkeman Gonzalez, who is a top 10 prospect in their org. Yeah, no, I looked at that name too. And the reason I moved off it and went to a position player, do they want another pitcher, right? We just traded Polanco in order to get a pitcher. Are we then getting another pitcher? When I... I think you're being a little disrespectful to Louis Varland. I'm not I don't a think huge I am Louis because guy. I'm just I, saying, I, I, do we get a, then another pitcher again? I think we do because Gonzalez is not a big leaguer right away. Welcoming Gonzalez goes to double-A or triple-A. This past year, Gonzalez, was it whole year at double-A? No, it was 15 starts in high-A, 10 starts in double. So there's a chance that he just starts the year in Wichita and then goes up to St. Paul and hangs out in the minor leagues. Varland, just mentioned, think that guy works well as a swingman. So you're going to get a pitching prospect and a good one at that point. Wilkeman Gonzalez this past year, 111 innings in ERA under four opponents at a buck 90 against him. Caught the walk bug a little bit. Don't really care. It's a right-hander that's 21 years old. Cat throws hard. Mid 90s can run it up to the high 90s. So give me a prospect when their pitching prospects in Minnesota are frankly just not that good. They don't have many pitchers coming up right now. They drafted a couple. Um, Charlie Soto was a good get for them in the draft. But those guys are so far off. Get me somebody two levels ahead of their good pitching prospects. And like add a add a third middle infield type in David Hamilton. I think Kepler for Gonzalez and David Hamilton is, is a fair trade. I think so too. I just think, do you think the Red Sox would actually rather trade Nick York than Gonzalez because I do think Gonzalez is a good pitching prospect because right they have Marcelo Meyer coming up you look at the Red Sox right now according to fan graphs you have Trevor Story at shortstop Emmanuel Valdez at second base you have middle infield prospects coming up does Nick York factor into their long-term plans I know Gonzalez will I mean what do the Red Sox need more than anything Pitching, right? Do you think they'd be more interested in trading a ranked higher guy in Nick York, maybe more prospect pedigree, keeping the pitcher, and then you don't have to add a David Hamilton and the Twins have to eat some money? I will say that York had a better year than Marcelo Meyer did this past year. And I'm not saying that York is a better prospect, but you know, Nick York has some serious value there. Like York can carve his way into the Red Sox lineup. York was also Nick York was a first round pick if I'm not mistaken too. So that's a guy. Yeah. 17th overall in 2020. So it's hard to convince a fan base that Nick York for one year of Max Kepler at $10 million is worth it. But somebody like Wilkeman Gonzalez is, I think, a, an easier pill to swallow. Obviously, the, the Red Sox diehards that are going to know their system are like, how can you do this? But if you trade a good prospect for a good player, there are a lot of prospect heads that are always going to say, how could you do this? I just I think Gonzalez makes a bit more sense for them, especially because the Red Sox, if they're going to pay anybody, they're paying starting pitching, man. We know that. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. I'm just looking at a Red Sox system, right, with Meyer, and I don't know where they're going to put Rafael. I assume they're going to put him in the outfield, but they got Mikey Romero as well. They got Roman Rainer. Anthony. 
Brainer, Bonacci, they got Roman Anthony, you got Blaze Jordan, you got Cespedes down there. They have a David Hamilton, of course. Like they just have so many of these middle infield guys. But I agree with you. I'm I'm open to trading Gonzalez. I think that's fine. I think we can move on then. Let's do it. All right. Uh bullpen is just good. It's objectively good. The Twins? Oh, yeah. The Twins bullpen is fantastic. Yeah. That was a big reason why I was obsessed with the Twins in the playoffs because I was like, if you can get Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, and Sonny Gray for five, then Theobar comes in, then Brock Stewart comes in, then Griffin Jacks comes in, then Yohan Duran comes in, and the game is over. I mean, all four of those guys at the top of their game are fantastic relievers, right? Like Caleb Theobar is an elite six-inning guy. Stewart, elite seventh. Griffin Jacks, elite eighth. Yoan Duran, elite ninth, obviously. Yeah. I would feel okay with all of them closing games. That's one of the better front fours that a bullpen has in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I'm with you, man. And hey, shit, I've already relegated Louis Varland to bullpen, and Salmont <laughs> was a good add, too. So, yeah, I think, I think we made the Twins better, and we made them cheaper. So our moves, again, are Jorge Polanco for Emerson Hancock, and Max Kepler for welcoming Gonzalez and David Hamilton. And so who is playing the positions that Kepler and Polanco are now gone? So the starting outfield is Walner, Buxton, and Larnick with Nick Gordon and Willie Castro as the backups. And right. you've got Julianne as the second baseman. And then whoever you want at DH, like it can just kind of be a revolving door at DH. And that offense is not much worse. It really isn't. It's not it better be by any stretch. <laughs> it's not better, of course. We just traded two guys in yeah. their starting lineup. But Twins fans, like... think about it for a second. Is your lineup that much worse with that team? Not really. And we just cut. How much did we cut? We cut about $20, $20 million. Were we able to move Christian Vasquez? No. <laughs> we just couldn't move him. We couldn't move him. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't move him. What's the lowest you'd take if you're the Twins GM? For Christian Vasquez? Yeah. Like someone's Bending like. Machine. It's kind of mean. Dude, he's owed $20 million over the next two years. In his mid-30s. Good for him for getting that contract. Yeah, dude. Good for him. That's awesome. Shout out Christian Vasquez for the money. I mean, what's the lowest you're taking? Like, I thought Caleb Killian was too much. That's. Yeah, hard. right. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard, man. <laughs> It's hard. This shit is hard. Especially Caleb when Gillian, at this point for the Cubs only throws 99. Like that's all you're kind of hanging your hat on. Yeah. yeah. He's on his last breath in Chicago and we're saying, ah, too much for Christian Vasquez at that price point, which is just crazy. But do you agree with that? Do you, if you're a Cubs fan, do you want to give up that for a $10 million Christian Vasquez? I don't know. I wouldn't mind a bit more security in their catching situation. And I think, I don't know. I, I view Christian Vasquez and Tucker Barnhart very similarly. And the Barnhart thing clearly didn't work. We can do it. If you think that the Cubs would do it, I, I don't, don't want think to they it. would do it. I don't want to do it. Cause I don't know if they would do it. <laughs> okay. That's the thing. All right. We're going to do the Yankees before that quick break. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, Peter's New York Yankees. Um, they are at an estimated $273 million in payroll right now when it accounts for arbitration estimates and pre-arbitration estimates. SpotTrack estimates about $40 million in CBT space. I don't know if that makes sense. I think they might be $40 million over. Uh, regardless, they've been active. They have acquired Juan Soto and Trent Grisham from San Diego, from Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Burrito, Randy Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. They have acquired Alex Verdugo for Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judas. They acquired Yorbit Vivas from the Dodgers, along with Victor Gonzalez for Trey Sweeney, their former first-round pick shortstop. They traded once top prospect on the planet, Estevan Florial, for Cody Morris, who is a reliever option. They signed Yeri De Los Santos. They claimed Oscar Gonzalez and Jeter Downs on waivers. Jeter Downs playing in the organization that his namesake was a captain in. Fascinating. But the Yankees are interesting, man. They, they're they clearly going for it. Did they whiff on Yamamoto? Yeah, they did. Was it because they they wanted to, you know, offer their hand in, in good faith to Garrett Cole? Yes, it was. But... This is a fucking really good team still. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's not great. Um, I wouldn't call them the prohibitive favorites in the American League. I wouldn't even say that they are the favorites to win their own division. The thing is with the Yankees is they have pretty much gaslighted Yankee fans into forgetting who the New York Yankees are. If I told you, Jack McMullen, that at the beginning of this season, the Los Angeles Dodgers would sign Shohei Otani for $700 million and Yamamoto for three hundred and twenty-five, everybody under the sun would have called me a lunatic. And look at what they did. They spent $1.1 billion. May I remind everyone listening, Forbes came out with their evaluations of Major League Baseball teams. The Dodgers come in second place at $4.8 billion. Now, you could definitely add some hundreds of millions to that after getting Otani and Yamamoto. Let's give them a huge bump. Let's say they're 5.5. You know what the Yankees are? $7.1 billion. This is the premier franchise in Major League Baseball, and they have not acted like it Really since 2009, they have the money. Of course they do. They just put $300 million on the table for Yamamoto. They can make big-time moves. They can do trades like the Dodgers did for Tyler Glass now. They can sign $300 million free agents. But they hold on to their prospects a bit too long, and it's been biting them in the ass recently. Most notably, Estevan Floreal. He was floated in a lot of big-time deals, and the Yankees thought that he was their future center fielder. And then what did they do? They waited too long, 
and they traded him for a reliever. And Cody Morris, who I do like. I do. But Yankee fans, let's be the Yankees. Let's stop prospect hugging. When's the last Yankees prospect that has been so amazing? Judge? I'll give you Judge. Amazing. Dominguez. We'll see. I am willing to trade everybody. Everybody. And the reason I am willing to trade everybody is I look at the landscape of the American League. The Texas Rangers are freaking awesome. They just won the World Series. They're fantastic. But they did lose Jordan Montgomery. Let's see another year of Nathan Eovaldi doing his thing. They're still going to be great. But if the Yankees make some big-time moves, they can go toe-to-toe with them. The Astros, they're still great. But you saw a little bit of a downturn. And there's Alex Bregman rumors. How much longer can they hold their team together? There's nobody really in the Central. And when you look at the American League East, the Blue Jays aren't doing much. We're seeing what's happening to the Rays. And the Orioles are great. But there is a window here. Do you want to be the American League Dodgers? And I have a couple of trades and a couple of plans that can get you there. But we have to take the prospect glasses off. We have to be willing to trade some of these guys in for proven guys. We're going to look at our team after all of the ways that I I'm saying we can get better, and you tell me if we're better off or not. Now, some of the guys that I want to trade for, it ain't going to happen. But the Yankees could do it, and that's why I want to bring them up. Then I have a plan where it's relatively realistic, still probably not going to happen. But again, I just want to communicate that the Yankees can do it, and then I have a plan of what they probably will end up doing. will probably be underwhelming. And the Yankees will win like 91 games and probably get bounced in the first round. I always try to remember the um, I was trying to remember the terminology for when you were applying to college, like the three pools that you were applying to colleges. And it was reach, match and safety. So you've got the reach school option, the match option and the safety school option. Yes, I have like we're going to Harvard. We're going to Michigan. Michigan is call it Syracuse. Yes. You went to Syracuse. No, you know, no, Michigan. Michigan is my tier two trade. Very, very good school. I got waitlisted there. Like, I got waitlisted there. It's probably going to happen. That's like then almost I have, getting in. <laughs> yeah, it's almost getting in. And then I have a. We're going to a pretty damn good state school. Okay, I'm get a good education. What is pretty damn good state school like? Um, you're going to Georgia. Yeah. We're going to we're going to Georgia, Wisconsin. Now Wisconsin, Wisconsin. No, Wisconsin's a good school. Yeah, Wisconsin's Georgia's a good school. school. Well, who cares? We're not about to get into colleges right now. Let's talk. All about right, it. we're just not going to Kansas State, right? Like that's that's kind of where we're not going, or we're not going to like junior college for a year and, and finding it. Yeah, whatever. Um, catcher, Jose Trevino, Austin Wells. Are we improving that or no? Nope, we're fine there. Uh, Wells, he's got some power. Um, don't love him. He's a backup catcher. And I do love Jose Trevino there. I mean, we got to remember Jose Trevino was dealing with a wrist injury. Like this guy was an all-star the year before. He's still a great defensive catcher. One of the best in major league baseball. And then you have Austin Wells, right? You can platoon them. That's a fine catching tandem. I'm not going to touch that. Rizzo at first base. Cool with it. Yeah. I mean, again, another guy who was dealing with a concussion for a lot of the year 
I still think he's going to be fine. A lot of Yankee fans are really down on him right now. Just got to give him a second. I think he'll be okay. Well, and what he got migraines from an epidural. I think like it was it was a weird year for Rizzo. Ran into him. Just bizarre. Um, so Rizzo at first base, Glaber Torres at second base. Are we trading Glaber? Glaber was a trade candidate forever. Glaber was one of like the saving graces for the Yankees last year. I'm not moving that guy. I'm not moving that guy. Glaber's our dude. We are not moving him. He is our second baseman, no doubt about it. I yeah. have always been a fan of Glaber. I've always stood on top of the hill and said, Glaber is our guy. I don't want to trade him. He's our second baseman of the future. I wouldn't even mind extending him. I love Glaber. Yeah. Um, Oswaldo Cabrera is his backup. I really like Oswaldo Cabrera as a backup. I don't like him as an as an everyday guy, but I really enjoy him as a backup and a utility guy. Uh, Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe are the shortstops. Volpe, obviously, the everyday shortstop. Peraza as the backup. Peraza, I think, might be surplus. We'll see what happens in your trade conversations. Third base, what the fuck are we going to do? It's DJ LeMayhew right now. Yeah, we got to talk about that. <laughs> we got to talk about that. Uh, DJ's bat speed looks to be slowing down. Um, he's still a great defender. He can play multiple positions, but that's what I would prefer his position to be all around the infield, giving guys days off. If he is your starting third baseman, it's not terrible, right? He's not going to be one of the worst third basemen in Major League Baseball. Still a good defender over there. He can regain some of that athleticism, maybe get back in the lab. I know the Yankees, you know, Cashman called out Giancarlo Stanton, who we can talk about in a little bit. And Giancarlo's, you know, goal this offseason is to shed a little bit of weight, get more athletic. I'm hoping that him and DJ are in the lab together trying to regain some of that. And DJ LeMahieu is still our guy. I still want him on the Yankees. He's the starting third baseman. I don't hate it. But again, I have some ways to change it. So we'll talk about it. No. Okay. Uh, Outfield is the best in baseball. This outfield of Judge, Soto, Verdugo with Grisham as the fourth outfielder and Everson Pereira as the fifth with Osvaldo, or Oswaldo Cabrera like as the backup. I mean, dude, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, you got Judge and Soto. I could be playing center. And Grisham that, as the fourth outfielder is amazing. Totally fine with that. Totally fine with Trent Grisham being like this defensive guy who comes in late in games, gives guys off days, can go run it down. He's even he even has some postseason pedigree under his belt, right? Well, yeah, he kind of has a bad narrative around him in the postseason. He's got some really good years and then some balls that go through his legs in the playoffs. Yes, yes, yeah. like throwing up on yourself and and pooping your pants at the same time, like that kind of thing. But remember, twenty twenty one with the Padres, he was kind of electric. Him and Austin Nola basically put that. that team on his back and got to the you know LCS. But yeah. Yeah, it is funny. He does have some great postseason runs, and then he has some of the biggest blunders in the history of the postseason. Yes. Oh, my God. What Look at that. <laughs> Look at the Zoom update for all those watching on YouTube. My Zoom's freaking out over here. He just gave two thumbs up, and it resulted in fireworks in the background. That is unbelievable. Okay, starting rotation. Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Clark Schmidt, Nestor Cortez, and either Clayton Beater or Will Warren. We going to sign a pitcher? Yeah. Can I still focus on the offense? Because I have, I mean, what should we do? Should we just go yeah, through the no, whole if team? You've and got, if you've got trades for the offense, let's do it. Pitch. Okay. Up. All right. So this is a dream trade. And I want to preface it. It's not going to happen. But what I will say is if I offer this package for this player, if you're the GM, I want you to at least pick up the phone. 
I want you to tell me, would you pick up the phone? I'm going to call the Cleveland Guardians, and I'm going to attempt to trade for Jose Ramirez. I'm not picking up the phone. I don't care what the return is. I'm not picking up the phone. You don't care what the return is? Don't care. Go ahead and give me the return anyways. I would give you Anthony Volpe. I would give you Spencer Jones. I would give you Chase Hampton. I would give you Everson Pereira. And I would give you Brendan Beck. That is a Juan Soto level package for a guy who is making about $20 million per year. Obviously, in the latter years of the contract, it's going to be about $25 million. But averaging out five years, it's around $20 million for Jose Ramirez. Again, probably not going to happen. But that, Jack, is four top 100 prospects and more when Juan Soto got a similar type package. You can't say you wouldn't at least listen. Again, it's not going to happen. But if I'm the Yankees, you can do that. Like, you can be the Yankees and at least call and see what they say. Now, if he's untradeable, a 30-year-old on a team who keeps trying to reach out and is trading guys and is trying to cut payroll. He's saying it's impossible. Again, it's not going to happen. The Guardians will not trade him, and there's no way the Yankees, with the way they try and hold on to these prospects, would ever do it. But take that out of the equation. Those players for Jose Ramirez is fair, I think. I I don't, when you look at the macro, like if you were to just assess by trade value, I think, you know, you could get sort of kind of maybe close, but I still think you're far off from J-Ram. J-Ram is, it's like so well documented that he's the most underappreciated guy in baseball that at this point, like he's, you know, properly rated because of how underrated he is. But that contract, seven for 141 for Jose Ramirez is one of the better deals ever given out by a team. Like, I I can't believe that they got seven for 141 for Jose Ramirez. And if we had this conversation a day before he signed that extension, like, yeah, I that's that's fine. That's plenty. But here's the thing. Like, you don't sign that if you don't think you're going to be there for the rest of your career. There's a chance he goes in wearing that Cleveland Guardians hat. 100%. And I think that Cleveland values that too much to even pick up the phone. Could be. If I'm the Guardians, I see a guy who, in his age 30 season, put up a 123 WRC+, 24 bombs, 28 stolen bases, slugged under 500, had and a it was 5 his, F4. How much better is he going year, to get? And it was his worst year since when? It was his worst year in terms of WRC plus since 2019. So we had a run of 2020, 2021, 2022 of just elite production. He's one of the best players in Major League Baseball. I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that is a Soto level package for a guy who was six years older than Juan Soto at the time of Juan Soto getting traded. However, there is more years on that deal. But if you are the Guardians... 31 to age 35 season of Jose Ramirez, is that worthy of a Soto package? And the reason, again, I am just bringing this up, it's not going to happen, is because the Yankees can do these things. 
and the and after let's say we did trade for Jose Ramirez, we could do more and they would have a much better team. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I know it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's five years at one hundred and five million dollars for Jose Ramirez. That's criminal. From age thirty one to age thirty five, though, it's not his prime. But yes, I agree. I That's mean, why dude, you have might, to give him a Soto package might still be his prime. And it and if he disappoints again, and he's a five win player for the next two years, like, dude, it. I don't think Cleveland picks up the phone. That's fine. That was a. I'm not getting into Harvard. Yeah, but I wrote them an essay. Maybe yeah, they wrote good. It. I wrote Stanford an essay too. I did want to throw one more wrinkle in. If you added Shane Bieber in that deal, would they want to do it more? Less? Oh, no. I don't know if they dude. want. No. I don't know what they want to do with Bieber. No. I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up. No. I don't think that's going to happen anyway. But I just wanted to bring it up. Um, here's the I got waitlisted by Michigan trade, okay. which has been floated for a team like the Dodgers. Why can't the Yankees be the team to trade for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas? Yeah. I would give them Anthony Volpe. Okay. I would give them Everson Pereira. Okay. And I would give them Brock Selvage. 3-4-5 ERA in 120 innings last year. He's a 21-year-old lefty. He was a third rounder. I think that gets it done. Um, Swap out Selvage. Go ahead. Swap out Selvage for a better prospect. Who? I think these guys cost more. Like, the first name that came to my mind was Hampton. That's a little bit too much. Like, I floated Sheehan, Stone, and Bush. And Dodger fans thought it was too much. So I was like, all right, what's our version of that? Dodger fans thought it was too much. Brewers fans would tell you that that is not enough. No, no Brewers fans. Look at my comment section. They would have done it in a second. That's what they were saying. So I thought to myself, okay, if you would do that in a second. Remember, these guys are free agents in 2025. You're not getting really years of control. And Adamas was not good last year, objectively. 90 WRC+. Burns is obviously amazing. But he's also coming off a season where he wasn't completely dominant. He also hasn't been amazing in the playoffs either. You're trading Anthony Volpe and Everson Pereira. Anthony Volpe was a top 10 prospect. Everson Pereira is a top, what, 75 prospect? And then also another solid pitching prospect. You could throw Will Warren in instead of Brock Selvage. I think that's fine. Let's do it. You want to just do that? Yeah, let's do it. I... Adamus's value is as low as it'll be. Um, Burns, his value is not low. It's still high. But Volpe is... Volpe's a huge piece of that. Jeez. Like, including Volpe instead of Peraza is massive. Herrera's value is as low as it's been because he stunk so bad in that big league cameo. I know that he was, you know, top 100 caliber, but, like, he's not top 100 coming into this year. And he just has no fit with the Yankees moving forward. Zero. So, so basically kind of what you're doing, there. you're kind of trading Anthony Volpe and guys you may never see again for Corbin Burns and Willie Adames. And then your rotation is Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez Jr., and Clark Schmidt. We feel good about that. And then Willie Damas, you at least have a major league shortstop. And it would suck giving up Volpe. I assume he'd go to Milwaukee and he'd be a multiple-time all-star. But maybe he doesn't. And you know what you also have? Oswald Peraza. Like, the Yankees have so many shortstops. Their first-round pick last year was George Lombard Jr. 
shortstop prospect, Roderick Arias. They just traded away Tracini, Sweeney. They have so many shortstop prospects. It would suck to give up Anthony Volpe. He would be an enormous piece. But you could do it. And Yankee fans, we all watched him last year. We think he's going to be good. Do we think he's going to be an all-timer? I don't know. I'm willing to do it. And then you get Corbin Burns, right? You have $300 million to go get Yamamoto. Then you extend Corbin Burns. And now Corbin Burns is your two. Yeah. Rodon's now your three. You want to go compete with the Dodgers? That's a trade you can make. And then we go get Jose Ramirez. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, I will laugh you off the phone for J-Ram. I will say yes to Burns and Adamas for Volpe, Herrera, and Warren. Selvage. Warren. Fine, you got a deal. I don't care. I ain't prospect hugging anymore. Okay. I want him. Okay. What was your safety school option? So we can talk about a lot of guys. My first thinking was like, oh, yeah, let's go get Marcus Stroman. And then I realized, well, Marcus Stroman ain't coming to the Yankees. Let me take you back to 2019. Brian Cashman was quoted as saying, we were interested in Stroman, but we didn't think he would be a difference maker. We felt he would be in our bullpen in the postseason. Three years later, Stroman tweets, there's no current Yankee pitcher who will be anywhere in my league over the next five to seven years. Their pitching always folds in the end. That lineup and payroll should be winning World Series left and right. Yet they're in a drought. LOL. There's no fucking shot. Stroman's coming. Just put it out of your mind. And you could bring back Jordan Montgomery. Why in the hell would Jordan Montgomery want to come back? Why would he? Now, you could just say money. Sure. But you also have a lot of lefties in the rotation. You already have Nestor. You already have Rodon. I don't want to go get another lefty. I think it'd be fine if they did it, but I kind of want more righties. That's just my opinion. I think a rotation with too many lefties, I don't love. There's a lot more right-handed bats, a lot more righties who are better platoon guys. I'd rather have more right-handed pitchers in my rotation. That's my opinion. You could disagree with that. You could say you want Jordan Montgomery. Fine, but I'll give you a couple more options. Tier one. We could easily trade for Bryce Miller or Brian Will. We could do that. Yeah. Tier two, you trade for Paul Blackburn from the A's. That's tier two? Yeah. Feels four. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be tier four. Uh, you could sign Lucas Gilito. You could trade yeah. for Griffin Canning from the Angels, Ugh. who I actually do like. He's actually coming to Yankee Stadium's Stadium and kind of shoved it up our ass multiple times. I would take Griffin Canning. He wouldn't be expensive. He's 27 years old. Look at his numbers. He's not a bad starter. Yeah. You could also sh sign Shota Imananga. Lefty, again, wouldn't love it, but I'd be totally fine if they did that. He and Nestor are like identical. It's not, and, it doesn't make much sense. And then if you don't make any of those trades, let's say you don't get Willie Adamas, we could talk about just signing Matt Chapman. Now, Matt Chapman, if you said he's worth $22 million a year over five years, and it costs the Yankees about 130, 140 over five years. I'm fine with it, right? He's not great, but he's going to play great defense. He's going to hit 20-ish bombs. He's going to strike out a lot, which is going to piss me off. But he's a good player. That's probably what he's worth. So, again, state school. You trade for Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. You sign Matt Chapman. It's kind of the end of your offseason. Going to Michigan, you trade for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamez. Then you really don't have to do anything. You could still then get Matt Chapman. Like, we're the Yankees. Can we remember? We are the Yankees. 
You can go trade for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas and sign Matt Chapman. Your team is worth $7.1 billion. Go over the tax threshold. You can pay it. You can. Or you could trade for Jose Ramirez. No. Uh, I, think you <laughs> wait, I think you wait a year. I don't think you sign Chapman. I think you wait a year and you give Alex Bregman your best offer. That's fine by me. I'll do that as well. And we just go this year with DJ LeMayu. I'm just saying that this year with Soto, impending free agent, this is the year you just go all in. You just, just saw the Dodgers do it. Why can't you do it? Which is I why really I want to impress Soto. Thing is perfect. I know I need to keep Soto on this team. Like, he, yeah, forget. Like, I know the Dodgers did all that. We just got Juan Soto. Yeah. Juan Soto is going to be amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Burns and Adamas for Volpe, Warren, and Pereira. And that's how we, no, <laughs> that's how we get better. Um, okay. But then we might still need to do a little bit more. Offensively? We need to go get a third baseman. Like, do we still go get Matt Chapman? No. Okay, that's fine. We wait, and maybe we go Praz at third. We can go DJ, figure it out, I guess. Yeah, why not? Like, have a timeshare of Peraza, Cabrera, and LeMahieu. Call it a day. Yeah, it's fine. And then the rotation turns into, like you mentioned, Cole Burns, Rodon, Cortez, and Clark Schmidt. And the bullpen is Clay Holmes, Loisega, Canely, Ian Hamilton, Scott Efros, Victor Gonzalez, Marinaccio. Like they've got options. Do you want to sign a reliever? Cody Morris. Forgot about Morris. Yeah, no, that's that's the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. They finished number one in ERA last year, and Loisega didn't even pitch much for them. Only threw seventeen innings. Tommy Canely is a dog. Ian Hamilton, dog. Scott Efros is coming back. I love Scott Efros. Scott Efros was on my top relievers at the trade deadline. The Yankees got him, and I was like, yes. And then they traded Hayden Wesneski for him. I'm like, oh, shit. He should have been higher on my rankings. Yeah. Scott Efros can close games for this team, and he's coming back. Victor Gonzalez, I he's okay. He was on the Dodgers last year. He'll wow. be at the bottom. Monte Nacho is great. Nick Ramirez is, like, kind of good. I mean, Chuck, look at the numbers this bullpen put up last year. The worst guy in their pen in terms of ERA last year? Is now Victor Gonzalez, who had a 401. His bullpen is dominant. It is dominant. We just made the Yankees yeah. better. Way better. Who so is it? Their team, you got Judge Soto and Verdugo in the outfield. You have Willie Adamas at shortstop now. DH Giancarlo, catcher tandem, Austin Wells and Jose Trevino. Rizzo at first. And then you got a combo, DJ Cabrera. Braza, whatever you want at third. It's probably your weakest position on the field, but maybe DJ bounces back. I, you know, I still love DJ. Um, Cole, Burns, Rodon, Schmidt, Nestor. Bang. And maybe you have to go get another starting pitcher, but I'm willing to give Clayton Beater a try. You just you just trade Brock Selvage and you kept Will Warren, which is great. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I wouldn't mind then just signing like a Matthew Boyd or, you know, just some like older guy just to kind of fill innings if you need him, which would be fine. Um, you could still remember if you're not signing Matt Chapman, you could sign Shota Imanaga. But Schmidt, because I hope Nestor's okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm not as nervous for Carlos Rodon. My dad and I were having this debate. He is kind of out on Rodon. I still think the man is dominant. I think he was dealing with injuries all year. Now, I didn't like how he handled them. There was a lot of press conferences where I'm like, dude, don't say that. 
but I still believe in him. And if you're going to blame Brian Cashman for that move, you can also blame me. I love that deal. When the, remember when he signed and you were warning me? I was like, I don't give a shit. I love this guy. Is he going to put up a 6.85 ERA again? No. If he puts up a 3.6, I'll be thrilled. Yeah. Just be dominant-ish. That's a great team. You can win the American League with that team. I'm okay with Selvage, not Warren. I did some thinking. Yeah. Selvage okay. is good. It's a good prospect. Yeah. We need I'm Warren. Okay I need and, Warren because he's Volpe... more major league ready. I need him to contribute this year. Selvage is a little bit far off, but he's a good starting pitching prospect, just 21, a little younger. And Volpe being the ad, like Volpe being in that deal is everything. Everything. Yep. I mean, maybe well, you could do Praza instead, I guess. And then we have to add another big time prospect. I'm good trading Volpe. I really am. Okay. All right. I'm Volpe good. and Pereira for Burns and Adamas. And the Yankees will never do that. Never. No, they won't do. I'm not yeah, kidding. No. They wouldn't yeah. do that. I'd do that. Yankee fans will think I'm crazy. Let me know in the YouTube comments, Yankee fans. Am I crazy? I don't feel like I'm crazy. I also think a little bit differently than I think a lot of Yankee fans, which is fun. Like I, I argue with my dad all the time. He continues just want starting pitching, want starting pitching, and I'm like, what has been our big issue for the last? And I'm looking straight in the camera. What has been our last issue for the past ten years? We can't hit when it means something. We can't hit. We keep trying to patch it with pitching and pitching and pitching. Let's go get bats. Go get Jose Ramirez. We're not going to do it, but let's try. Let's go get bats. I love the Juan Soto signing. That's why I'd be fine getting Chapman. Need more bats. But Corbin Burns would be nice. So let us know in the YouTube comments and hit that damn subscribe button and the like button and the comment button. Even if you disagreed, we're all having fun here. And our common goal, Yankee fans, is to make them better. We might have all different opinions, but we're all trying to do the same thing. All right? That'll do it. For episode 599 of the Just Baseball Show, get yourself some Just Baseball merch. I mean, come on. Sick. It's a little past Christmas. Maybe it's the wrong time to do it. Maybe I hopefully you got yours in time, and I know you did, because I went to go buy some Just Baseball merch. Fucking everything sold out, Jack. We're doing yeah. great on the merch side. If there's anything left, go get them. I know there's still hats in stock. If you could rate and review five stars, whether it be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, shout out the Spotify people. 5.0 rating, 1,200 reviews. Love you guys. Thank you so much for those. Almost 600 episodes. Can you believe it that we're here, Jack? It's amazing. No. There's 600 more and then 600 more after that until we're 100 years old. And I'm just going to keep bitching about the Yankees till the end of time. We'll Bro, my diet is not good enough to take me to 100. That's the last thing I will say. We'll be back after the new year. That's Jack McMullen. I am Peter Apple. And with that, thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.